What makes Torch so special? Is it the rabbis who work around the clock to connect with their students? Is it the curious thinkers on a path of self-discovery and growth? Is it the podcasts that are listened to in 132 countries around the world? The answer is yes. Whether seeking advice and spiritual guidance, unraveling the mysteries of life, accessing the ancient wisdom of the Jewish people, Torch has engaged its students with a warm, personal touch. And when the world began to change with the emergence of COVID-19, Torch changed too. Defying the crippling pandemic, Torch branched out digitally to provide even more classes and podcasts, reaching more students of Torah than ever before. The Torch Center became a state-of-the-art production facility, equipped with some of the finest broadcasting technology available. The result? A transformation from a local Houston teaching center to a leading global purveyor of Torah education. Thanks to our amazing staff, to our platform of social media outreach, to our podcasts, our videos, our classes and special events, Torch has flourished. Join in celebrating Torch for the beacon of light it has become and lend your support to help that light shine even brighter. This is Torch. Created locally. Embraced globally. You can hear me talk about Rabbi Yochal Fulvi all day long. And uh, you notice something changed here in the studio, because when Rabbi Yokoff will be enters the room, mics just pop up everywhere. <laughs> He's never mics. <laughs> uh, yeah, that's uh, there's a term for it where you have redundancy. You have to have redundancy because if you're going to record something, you want to make sure that you actually record it and it and it works. And you have to have multiple microphones because you never know which microphones are going to fail. Right. You know, there's that saying: if a tree falls in the wood. In the woods, and no one's there to, to listen to it, did it make any noise? Mm-hmm. And I think you're saying is, if you say something and you're not recording it for a podcast, did you really say anything? That's why I'm quiet the whole Shabbos, <laughs> 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 because uh, you don't want to you don't want to waste your breath. I was always raised with the impression that when you're born, you're given a certain amount of words that right. you are allotted. And once you have exhausted all your words, that's it. There's no more words for you to say and you die. Whether it's true or not, I don't know. I've never seen any sources for it. Everyone I ask is under the impression that this is true. Who knows? Right. But you definitely don't want to waste it if you're not going to record it and share it with the world. I think so. <laughs> you may be able to take your words and, and spread them repeatedly over and over and over again. That is horrifying when I think about how many words I wasted in my youth. So, you know, we'll see what happens. But I want you are the one that really started this amazing initiative. And I remember when I first started studying with you, you were I was just starting to figure out about this new podcast app 
and you turned me on and said, well, yeah, I actually put my lectures up there. And you used to come into class at in Humble, and then you have your iPhone that you'd be recording into. I want you to share with the, the audience, like, this, um, the whole progression of all, where all this started. That's a great question. I have no idea. It kind of just developed on its own. As a little kid, I mentioned this in the past, I always wanted to be a broadcaster. And my parents said, you can't be a broadcaster. You have a speech impediment. That was the line that I remember from, from when you? I was, yeah. What when I was, speech I still have it. I still have it, but I learned how to mask it. So, okay. Uh, and then I got to Torch in 2012 and started giving classes. And I was always a big fan of podcasts in general as a listener. And I said, well, I'm giving classes anyhow. I might as well start my own podcast. So I made a website and learned how to do it and set up some plugins and started making podcasts. The first couple of years were pretty gnarly. You can actually, you can actually find some of the old episodes if you scroll back far enough. How so? Because the audio was dreadful and the, the content was hit or miss, shall we say? And, uh, the audience questions were not edited out. Right. So you might hear like 30 minute, 30 seconds of dead air. Yeah. Before I respond to a question that you have no idea what I'm, what I'm responding to. Right. Uh, it was not obviously professional. I just would, you know, take my phone out and just put it out there and record. It was more like a hobby. And then it picked up some momentum. And we started to develop an audience and we branched out to different, uh, to different podcasts, different, uh, subjects. And thank God it's been a total blessing. And I've gotten an amazing opportunity to meet tons of listeners and friends from all over the world. And it has infused really a lot of life and power and vitality into the efforts that we're doing here. Because if you are geographically constricted, and you're trying to reach the Jews, you know, how many people could you reach in your zip code? Right. But once you go to the power of the internet and the power of scale and the power of zero marginal cost, right. once you expose yourself to the big world, then the brick and mortar world is kind of, you know, that's a nice little node that you have in a big picture and a big network. Uh, and so that really, it really opened up a tremendous opportunity for me and, uh, for Torch. And, um, I'm glad that it worked out like that. Yeah, me too. You know, when you were, as you were talking, it reminded me of something you, you said to the, the class out in Humble many years ago, but you're talking about the, when, when, when scientists say they discover something is because no one really invents anything. Everything's already in God's creation. God created everything. We just, he allows us to discover it. And so we discovered all the technology around the internet. And what other reason did he create, allow us to discover the internet if it wasn't to spread Torah wisdom, that's exactly what you're doing. Well, when they invented the radio, mm-hmm. Marconi, was that his name? Marconi. I think that was his name. So uh, the Chavetz Chaim, the greatest leader of the Jewish people at the time, he said that the reason why the Almighty put insight into man to discover the radio and the radio waves and the, abil- and the ability to transmit information and audio across vast areas of land, the reason for this is in order to be able to publicize when Messiah comes. Wow. That's the reason for that. I feel like the radio, maybe you have to have a an antenna with the internet in an instant. You're all over the whole world and you can send messages to the International Space Station and China and people in uh, in Antarctica, hanging out in Antarctica. So right. that, you know, takes it to the next level. 
That's amazing. So, so it started off with one podcast episode called This Jewish Life. One, one channel, yes. One channel. Thank you. Or show, I think it's called technically. Okay. I'm still learning. So Me too. one show called This, uh, this Jewish Life. But you decide to start creating new shows. Uh, what was the, the thought behind that? Well, it was kind of like a, on a whim. And there were a few different calculations. Number one, the podcast discovery, even today, is still very primitive. The way people find new podcasts, there really isn't the Google, shall we say, for audio. Right. You can say, hey, show me the good ones. Right. There's no, there's no keywords that you could use that, you know, so basically what you have is the image, the cover art, and the title, and the acreage, the real estate on the directory on iTunes. Mm-hmm. So I said, Hey, if I have one channel, I put all the stuff on the one channel. What if I have two channels? I just doubled my footprint. Right. On iTunes. Moreover, I doubled the amount of keywords that I have in my title. Because if people are searching for Jewish, they may find Jewish life. But if people are searching for Jewish history, for example, or Parsha, they're not going to find that in Jewish life, even though the individual episodes may have that content. So I figured, why don't we just uh, start a new channel for for these uh, other topics that I wanted to talk about? Instead of putting it on the flagship channel. So that was the, the basic idea. And it turns out it is, it was an accurate decision given that each one of these shows developed their own, their own audience. Right. And they, they fed off each other and people say, Oh, I found the Parsha podcast. But once I got addicted to this Rabbi Wolby guy, I said, you know what? Let me see what else he's got. Right. And it just gives you more, you know, more ways that people can reach you. And once they reach you, they get reeled into the ecosystem and, uh, and hopefully they enjoy and they're inspired and they find the content to be interesting, compelling and valuable, educational. And that's what we want to do, right? That's what we're here for. Right. Exactly. So what, what was the first one you created? I believe was the Jewish history podcast. Is that correct? The first after the original. The, the first after yes, the original? Yes. Correct. Yes. And that, that just took off like crazy and and what i've heard from from talking to people is they that was the first introduction to Torah learning was jewish history because it's the gateway drug it, 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 is, <laughs> it is the gateway drug because when you study jewish history you can say i'm not religious but i'm interested in jewish history you look at jewish history and you cannot help but recognize god's hand behind everything uh and that of course probably leads to the uh the harder uh, podcasts, uh, as well, like the Parsha podcasts, like Daniel Steinberg was saying, the, uh, eternal ethics. Um, and these are, these were classes that you're just, you're teaching already locally, but you're just packaging it up, editing it and making it available for the rest of the world. Correct. Yeah. Absolutely. That, uh, that was the idea. I was always a student of history. I always loved reading history. I never was formally trained in, in Jewish history, but I read a lot and I researched a lot and, I didn't exactly feel qualified to say I'm a historian and you know, I'm really not, but I, I could read and research and organize information and see patterns and the like. Right. And, um, yeah, it's, uh, like you said, it's a, it's a gateway drug and people, it's also, it's, you know, it's a, it's a halfway house. It's a stepping stone. Yeah. Where people could say, listen, we could sample the rabbis take on Jewish history and, uh, it's a way to, to test drive, you know, people, Parsha is, Something which demands some work, 
to know, to follow the story lines, to follow the narratives, you know, to slog your way through Leviticus. It's a challenge. Right. But history is a story. Yeah. And it's a story that's inspiring, informative, and challenging, and valuable. And it's something that you could be much more passive in consuming. Right. And I think the other thing about history is you learn you – you've done a lot of episodes just on like the, the sages of yesteryear, right? And when you tell these stories about these remarkable rabbis, that also itself is just a, a, a gateway drug because that also inspires people to want to learn Torah. I mean, have you experienced that where someone said just they were, they were impressed with uh, the story of some of these uh, people – it's a mitzvah for us to study our history. Yeah. And part of that is because we discover how great humans could become. Our sages tell us that man is just a little bit less than God. We're great and we're just, you know, we're one hair shy of God, which is a very provocative statement in the Midrash. Yeah. Right? I never heard that. What, well, what that means is, is that we have a soul within us that dwarfs the holiest of angels. And that's within us. Yeah. The problem is, is that we also have physicality. Right. That's worse than the animals. <laughs> and that's the fusion of man that makes us such an intriguing and vexing and problematic species. But when you see people that become like angels, you see that when you read about the people of our history, yeah. they become like angels you discover what it means to be a human and what opportunities and greatness is latent within each and every one of us. So I do agree 100%. Yeah, that's it's very inspiring. Of course, I think history is very valuable. A lot of people say that, you know, history is the past and, you know, it's it's not coming back. But history is the testing grounds of ideas. And a lot of people come up with new ideas and they don't realize it's been tried, you know, 10, 15, 20, 80 times in our history, right. and when you have a sense of, of what worked in the past and, and, and what trends, so to speak, our history has, has had, I think it is very valuable and guides you in how to make choices today. Yeah, absolutely. Um, do you feel you connect more with certain types of students because certain types of students? Yeah, because, um, I don't know if that's even the case. I mean, I know I know what people are attracted to you with with your Torah teaching is you take like what Daniel Steinberg was just saying. You take very lofty subjects and you're able to break it down so that the rest of us can understand it. And that that's a very hard thing to do. It's like I remember when you first came out to the humble synagogue and were teaching that first class, discovering God, and I have. Uh, David asking coming on tomorrow, who was my cohort and, and, and building that up. But I remember after those first few classes, we were just, me and David look at each other, just like, wow. Like we had <laughs> never had someone break down logically and rationally and intellectually God. And, and I remember when that, that I think it was a six, uh, episode series when, Everyone was just like so blown away. The class grew because me and Dave were like, literally, you have to come in here, guys. You got to check this out. You know, don't drop your kid off and say it's going and head back home. And when it was over, I asked everyone, I was like, do you want to keep this going? And they were like, 
yeah. It's like, so, uh, you want to have Rabbi Wolbein? It's like, yeah. It's like, uh, how long would you like to do another five point per series or six part series? Like, yeah, no, just keep doing it. Remember that? And we had, we only broke on Yom Tov. I mean, that whole time, still going today, except now online. Uh, but it's been, that's the amazing impact that, uh, you've had on everyone. Well, that's very kind of you to say that. I wish my wife was watching so she could appreciate it. Maybe my parents also. <laughs> we'll send out the recording. <laughs> <laughs> um, but to your original point, in yeshiva, we were always trained that if you cannot explain it in a way that someone else of average intelligence can understand, yeah. that means that there's something that you are not understanding. And I think that maybe some of my own I would say struggles with understanding things train me to try to break things down to, to digestible, understandable parts to be able to explain that. Right. Maybe. I don't know. That's a theory. That makes sense. That makes sense. Absolutely. You're right. If you can't explain it, you really probably just don't know it yourself. Mm-hmm. Um, I think that, uh, that makes total sense. I think also, you know, when you're forced to teach it, it, it forces you to learn it really well. Yeah. If I have people like you ask, asking tough questions, lobbing, grenades at me. I got to make sure I know I'll be, I'll be ready to answer. And the students, I have many of them coming on, uh, later today, uh, that you have, uh, beyond the podcast, your one-on-one studying though, too, is you have almost like a, and you know, a little online mini yeshiva for guys that were you, you training them with a Talmud. Yes. Yes. Um, that's true. Yeah, which is amazing. I and 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 I've sat on some of those classes, and your your students are extremely bright. It seems like there's just this uh, attraction there, and so you're still. I mean, and today, you know, uh, you were doing one-on-one studying with people. So I know your calendar is like is totally packed because either you're doing a podcast, doing a class, recording, editing it, teaching one-on-one. I mean, so you're constantly learning people one-on-one as well. So I know that's something also that's been very important to you, correct? Well, that's what I'm here for, right? Yeah. That's why I get paid the big bucks, right? <laughs> I, I guess so. Big And definitely big mitzvah bucks. Well, yeah. So, um, yeah, well, the theory behind the, the Talmud class is that most, maybe all, Jews who want to study Talmud can do it but many are lacking just some basic skills that we were trained since we were little little kids. Yeah. We were fortunate enough to be in Shiva. So we've been trained, but other people have the same desire, same interest, just lack the skills. Right. So if we could just plug in that gap, we're going to discover that people who really have little background in Talmud could pick it up really quickly. Right. That was that was the theory. And uh, you know, it's been it's been a while, and I think the theory has been vindicated. Absolutely. Um, anything else, Rabbi, that you would like to share with the world as we are reaching out to the world right now and saying support this organization? Well, I want to share with the world, first of all, how much I appreciate the fact that I get to do this. And the fact that I get to spread Torah and, and Jewish wisdom and Jewish heritage to the masses. Of course, we have amazing people like Dan and the rest of the 
team here at Torch who uh, accelerate and amplify all our work. But I appreciate every single person who is involved with Torch, who is a, a podcast listener of mine, who's a, a donor, who's a friend, who encourages other people to tune in. I've had many people tell me that they listen and they like it and they share whatever they know. Uh, they are the ambassadors of the podcast yeah. and of and of the great work of Torch. So thank you for your support. Thank you for your friendship. And uh, keep up the great work. And thank you for inviting me here to speak uh, in the vaunted studio here at the Torch Center. Thank you, Rabbi. You know, it's you know we're we're told that not only we should be learning Torah, but we're supposed to teach Torah. And it doesn't really mean that we have to teach a class. It's so easy now to fulfill that mitzvah because all you have to do is when you listen to an amazing podcast by Rabbi Wolby, Yalkov Wolby, or Rabbi Ari Wolby, or Dan, all yeah. you have to do is hit the share button and text it to your friends. Say, check this out. That's all you have to do. And that's how we can all be engaged in continuing to spread Torah throughout the world. Well, I would say one more thing. Yeah. We believe, and we freely admit this, so you have the evidence, save the tape. That our work is a partnership between the rabbis and the team at Torch and the donors. Yeah. So you say the way to teach Torah is by sharing. The way to teach Torah is by supporting, by materially and financially supporting GiveTorch.org. That's how you get to my page. GiveTorch.com is how you get to everyone else's page. Okay. But of course, the viewers here know. To go to givetorch.org. <laughs> but while you supporting us, yeah. that's the only way that we can do what we do. And therefore, you are a full partner in our efforts. And you too are teaching Torah to the masses. I, I totally agree. I can't tell you. I mean, seriously, being <laughs> a, a, a donor of Torch, uh, for so long, it's just to think every, all the people you're impacting, like, I have, it's like I'm buying shares in all their mitzvah and all their Torah learning. And it's like, to me, it's the best investment in town because since Bitcoin, since Bitcoin, I think it's Bitcoin at 10 cents. Of the well, Bitcoin's Bitcoin is going to, in a crater, this mitzvah <laughs> is going to keep going higher and higher and higher because there's intrinsic value. It just keeps going. And on that note, Torch accepts. Bitcoin. Bitcoin, yeah, that's and right. I know I haven't mentioned yet. Besides going to uh, givetorch.org or dot com, uh, we are also set up to as people have uh, uh, realized such appreciation in their stocks that they may want to make their donation a donation of stock and therefore not sell it, incur the capital gain. You can donate your stock directly to Torch not pay the capital gains tax and still have that your taxable deduction through that means. So if you want to just actually donate some appreciated stock, also reach out to us. You can uh, reach out to me directly, presidenttorchweb.org, and I'll give you the instructions on how you can do that as well. So uh, so, so what do we have? We have cash, credit card, check, Bitcoin, Bitcoin stock. Now. What about if you want to donate your car? How does that work? Uh that is an option as well. Something we have to bring on your. What about uh, what about scrap metal? <laughs> I don't think we do scrap metal yet. Well, we do now. <laughs> Just come dump it in front of the torch center, <laughs> and we'll uh, we'll we'll happily take it. 
Yeah, we take we take Venmo and PayPal and uh, precious gems, <laughs> and even not precious gems. <laughs> drop off your rocks, your silt, your uh, asphalt. I don't know. I don't <laughs> come here tomorrow. Whatever it is, everything rocks <laughs> in the front. Uh, baseball cards. Uh, if you can find whatever it is, whatever support it's... Torch with your heart and with your earballs. Listen to the podcast. And you take care. We love you all. And uh, God bless. Thank you so much, Rabbi. Thank Appreciate you. you so much. Awesome. That was fun. That was a lot of fun.